You're listening to Nowhere to Run with Chris White on the Revelations Radio Network. Welcome to Nowhere to Run. Thanks for tuning in to the show, however it is that you found it. If you have any questions about anything at all, anything I've said in videos or former podcasts or just want to ask me questions about whatever, the Bible, Christianity, all that kind of stuff, feel free to email me. My email is nowhere to run 1984 at gmail.com. And i got a lot to do today, and, and a whole lot to do. Jam-packed show, and in fact, I'm going to do something right at first that I didn't even have planned in the notes or whatever till just a few minutes ago. When I was listening to some music and I thought I might just play a real quick sampler of some music that I found that's pretty good in case anybody's interested in that. So the first one I'll play is Ryan Delmore. I play him a lot, like in verse by verse. He's actually the, I'll play the song. I'll go ahead and just play the song that's on my, the beginning, the intro of this episode is from Ryan Delmore. So I'll play that real quick. I like him a lot. He sounds a lot like Ryan Adams. This song particularly sounds a lot like Ryan Adams, but um, sort of my style of music kind of Americana, Tom Petty, rock and roll sort of thing. So here is Ryan Delmore. song in particular sounds a lot like ryan adams if you know uh, who he is but yeah that's ryan delmore that's a really great album not necessarily my favorite song in the album but there is so much more that he's done that's just a really uh he's just been by far my favorite another one that's similar that actually is friends with ryan delmore is a guy named chris lazat now i haven't listened to a lot of chris lazat's uh stuff other than his newest album I have found that his older stuff is not really anywhere near what he's done in this this newer album, which I really like a lot. I like everything about the newer album. And in fact, Mark Ford, the guitar player for Black Crows that played on Ryan Delmore's album, also played on Chris Lazat's album. So here is Chris Lazat. That was Chris Lazat. That's probably the most rockin' song in the album. A lot of them are pretty, you know, slower acoustic stuff, but that's a much better showcase of Mark Ford's um, uh, guitar playing. Not in that particular song. Well, he does wail in a really awesome solo later on in that song, but 
his his guitar playing obviously is really meticulous. I think Mark Ford said that that album was some of the best work that he had done, which is saying something if you know Mark Ford and his his huge uh, uh, body of work with the Black Crows and everything else. But um, uh, so that's a really good album. Then, uh, as far as female artists, there was I went around looking for a good female artist because I liked like Patty Griffin uh, and her stuff was just really great. So I was really looking for a female version of her. And while I didn't find that, I did find somebody that I liked a whole lot that I thought that that's a really great songwriter, and she does write all her own, own songs, like I think all these these guys do. And her name is J.J. Heller. This is some J.J. Heller. You tell me life will not be pain-free. What will be will always be in your control. Darkness is light to you, and all you ask me to do is trust what you say is true. You are stronger than any terrible possible scenario today. Come and save me. You're the only source of all the peace I need. Come and save me. Yeah, and that's J.J. Heller. She's actually really, really funny, too. Her and her husband, they're, they're a duo, basically. Uh, he plays guitar, sings harmonies, and she uh, uh, obviously writes uh, the songs and sings. And they're really, really, just really good people. And I think that her career's really taken off. I don't think that she was really well-known, but recently she's had a lot of success. She's, they've been touring with, uh, they've got just got a new baby, and they just found out they're pregnant again, and sort of following the saga of J.J. Heller, just because really rooting for them to uh, to do good but yeah and moving on this is a band that i just recently found called tree 63 i know they they've long been broken up but they wrote their own stuff but they also got uh, sort of famous for covering a, a song too but i like them because they're just a really good tight band um you know there's certain things you just can't fake and one of those things is just knowing a band really good and tree 63 seems to have that together this is a real real good song i like from them That's Tree 63. Um, and the one I what actually inspired me to do the show today, I was kind of looking for some new uh, new music, and I found this guy I'd seen before, and I like him pretty well. Uh, I just heard the song, and I thought it was really great. 
and his name is Jeremy Riddle, and I'll just play this quick song from him. The sun left from glory Bore the Father's wrath and fury And for the sins of all he Okay, yeah, that was Jeremy Riddle, and the final one I was going to play was some Hillsong, which I think pretty much wrote the book on on really good songwriting in terms of worship music and stuff, and they have just a huge library to choose from. Uh, Hillsong is their name, but I am not going to play it because I can't seem to find any of it on my computer, so, oh well, I guess I haven't listened to it uh, very recently. Anyway, so that was the unintended beginning of this show, and so let's just jump right into it. First of all, got a, a few different things to talk about. I wanted to play a real quick clip from a conversation that I had with Gaz, who we've had on the show before. We did his uh, testimony of an ex-medium, and he talked about his experience with that, and it was just a really powerful thing. There's also um, uh, a clip of, or movie that was made out of that testimony on YouTube. So... Gaz is putting together a few different uh, projects, and he and I had a conversation about it. And I'm going to play that clip real quick, and then we'll talk real briefly about it on the other side of it. Here, here it is. So, Chris, thanks for letting me come on to your show. Um, I've got two projects I'm working on at the moment. Um, my website is newagedeception.net. That's a shameful plug there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm actually creating some very short podcasts at the moment, but... I'm on another project that I think I've been inspired by Lynn Dickey's Set the Captain Free, Set the Captives Free, because um, I think that's that's really good because it offers people to talk about their testimony. But I wanted to come from a different angle. I, I wanted uh, to give a list of 13 questions, specific questions, for anyone who's been in the New Age, who's come out and who's turned to Christ, can answer those audio questions. So, uh, yeah, so so... If they answer these 13 questions, I can then edit it and put it out as a podcast uh, because I don't get a lot of time to to talk. Um, thankfully, I'm, I'm not at work today, so it's, it's absolutely ideal. And also, because you're in America and I'm in the UK, you've got like a six-hour six difference, Chris. So it's a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> so that's, that's my first that's. That's my first project. Let, let me ask you on the first project. Um, now, I guess the requirements for this is not, I mean, would it be somebody that would, has been involved in the occult and has come to Christ, but what about somebody that maybe was just sort of in the new age type thing? I mean, is there sort of a threshold that you would uh, encourage right. people to? I think anyone's anyone's welcome because we're, we're, we're casting out a big net here. Um, it's not just about being a medium. It's not just about someone who... Perhaps it's in Satanism. It's it's the whole it's the whole area because the occult is just massive, isn't it, Chris? Definitely. So somebody that may have been just really involved in the in the sort of truth movement type thing and sort of yeah. gone got into all the yeah. new age kind of ideas and thought processes that even their testimony would be helpful. Absolutely. And 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 this is this is really not not to um, 
promote my site as such. It's just to um, act as a base so people can actually talk about their their experiences. And also, you don't have to give your real name. That's quite important, I think. Cool. All right. What's the other project? Well, the other project's probably um, a bit easier for most, most people. I'm looking for written testimonies. I want about 10 testimonies in, to- in total. I've had a couple already. Tell a lie. I've had one. I'm expecting another one to come very shortly. But um, I wanted to write a book. I was going to write a couple of chapters and then just have each testimony as a, as a, as a chapter and perhaps get a, uh, another couple of people in there if anyone's interested in, in, in writing a chapter just about the dangers of the occult, the dangers of of, of the new age and, and also offering a solution. And then I'm going to offer it as a free ebook. Yeah, so the website is newagedeception.net, N-E-T, not com. And um, the email address is newagedeception at gmail.com. Um, just mentioning the, the audio again, when I first started doing audios and listening to my voice, I, it kind of put me off at first. But I say just go out there and do it. Don't worry about how it sounds because that's not important. It's about the message. All right. That was Gaz, and his website is newagedeception.net. His podcast has just recently been added to the Revelations Radio Network, so you'll start to see that show up in the in the feed pretty soon. He's been a part of the Revelations Radio Network, uh, the blog network, for some time, but now he's also a part of the uh, podcast network as well. So welcome aboard to him. And I want to encourage everybody out there, if you have been thinking at all about doing your testimony in, in one format or another, let's do that here with, with Gaz. Let's sort of make him the hub of all testimonies. And he can kind of sift through the material, whatever's easiest for you. If you can do an audio, if you can do uh, write it out or answer the 13 questions that he's got there, or whatever it is that you can do, um, just get it to Gaz, and he can sort of sift through it and organize the material. And then you know we can he he can obviously put it on the Revelations Radio Network, and then we, from there, who knows where it could go? You know, make movies about it or whatever, like his testimony uh, was also. But but I think. It would be even greater if you if your testimony isn't all that spectacular, you know, or whatever. It's still important. So um, so just contact Gaz. You can go to his website, newagedeception.net. I think it's just a, a really good idea, and I really encourage you to do that. Okay, um, moving on. Okay, one of the things I wanted to talk about was I saw on a news program the other night. It was talking about how we should all be really, really scared because the food prices have gone up because the hurricanes and all the stuff that had gone on across the world. And, and so now food, food prices are going crazy. And that's one thing. It was on some national nightly news program or whatever. And then uh, I saw the exact same story, literally the exact same time, exact same story on another channel when I flipped the channels. And... It kind of had me scared there too. I was like, oh, oh no, okay, I got to go get some grain and, and store up some grain here, or you know, we're all toast. Um, and I, it just hit me that that was sort of the angle of the story is to get everybody kind of scared about it. At least uh, that's the way it seemed, anyway. Um, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that storing up grain is a bad idea, and I think it is good to be prudent. You can find many occasions of being prudent all throughout the Bible, um, but I think that. There are some Bible verses that are pretty interesting about this idea of famine, and I know um, I've talked about it several times on this show, or at least the idea about it. So I thought I would mention some of these Bible verses first, so we can kind of, I don't know, just know that they're there, I guess, is is one thing, to kind of tuck them away in your heart and know that the Bible does say stuff like this. Um, Psalm 37, 19 
it says, They shall be uh, shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied. That's pretty bold. Um, it also says in Psalm 37, 25, a little later on, just to make the point a little more clear, it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. So he's saying, look, I'm, I'm an old man. I've never seen this happen. I've never seen um, the righteous not have food. Now, we get a little more clarity in Psalm 33:19. I'm going to go ahead and read the entire last six or so verses, starting in 33:16. There is no king saved by the multitude of an host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in thee. Now, I'm not telling you not to store up food, but what I am telling you is that the entire Bible, every famous story, I just did a, a search, by the way, of famous Bible stories so I could get a list here, um, is about people who believed God despite what it, their circumstances looked like. It, the stories are to show people of great faith. The, the people that said, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and believe God. I know it doesn't look right. I know this seems impossible, but... I'm going to believe God. And even some of these cases are people that, uh, you know, despite despite God's promises, they didn't believe God. A good example here is, uh, you know, the birth of Isaac. They're, like God said, no, I'm going to give you a descendant from your wife. But then I was like, yeah, but she's kind of old. So kind of, we should just go ahead and help God. I know he said that, but uh, let's go ahead. And they messed everything up. So there's even stories about people that didn't trust God despite the circumstances. Noah's flood. I mean, imagine that. Guy's building an ark in the middle of... What, a field? Um, believed God. Abraham, I mean, read the book of Hebrews. Abraham, you know, Galatians, Abraham's uh, by faith. If, if nothing else, the Isaac, the whole Isaac situation, talk about faith. That's that's people that believe God despite the circumstances. He said, hey, look, you said that, that Isaac's descendants would be as, you know, stars of, of heaven would be uh, very numerous. So you're going to have to do something here. It's not my problem, your problem. At that point, Abraham had learned his lesson. He was like, okay, whatever God says I'm doing, he, he's going to do what he, what he says. I don't know. He told me to do this. I'll do it. He'll figure it out. That's where Abraham was at that point. Um, the birth of Moses, the whole Pharaoh's daughter, the, the basket thing. Exodus. What about Exodus? You know, hey, um, are we going to have any food out here? Or, you know, did I not, you know, there's manna, there's quails, there's rocks, you know, with water. People believing God despite the circumstances. Samuel's birth. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, the furnace of fire. Hey, look, they said, we don't know if, if it, look, if God doesn't want us to be hurt here, we're not going to be hurt. But if he does, you know, then so be it. We're still not going to bow, bow down to it. That's, that's like people who believed God despite the circumstances. Uh, Daniel, of course, in the lion's den. David and Goliath. Here's a, a little kid going down to a valley. Uh, everybody, his brothers, everybody in the army was like, what are you doing? This little kid going down, this guy, Goliath had been in that valley every day, blaspheming God, 
blaspheming the people of Israel, calling them out, grown men shivering in their armor at the top behind the rocks. This little kid says, what are you guys doing? God's with us. Do you guys not remember that God is like with us? And he goes down there and tells this giant, points at his face, is like, you're blaspheming God. You're blaspheming, you know, all this stuff. God is going to deal with you and I'm going to kill you because, uh, you know, with God's help, because the power of the Lord is with me and all this stuff. So, he kills him. Five minutes later, he's standing on Goliath's back with Goliath's sword in his hand, this kid. People that believed God despite the circumstances. Um, Jonah actually did believe God. He, he believed that God said, hey, look, go tell Nineveh to repent. And Jonah believed God so much that he knew that they would repent, so he didn't go. And God said, no, no, you don't understand my, my program here. You're going. Um, and so the, they had that situation there with the with a big fish. So um, what I'm saying here is we can trust God. The Bible is like the big book that says, yeah, you can trust him. Don't be scared. It's okay. Um, what you need to store up is faith. I'm not telling you not to store up food. I'm just telling you to be careful what you call your protection. It says the righteous run to the Lord and he's their strong tower. Make sure your strong tower isn't your room with a bunch of rice and beans in it because that could be a dangerous thing for your soul. And what are you going to do? Are you going to fight for it when it starts to get down to the last bag? Are you going to turn into a monster? Or uh, are you going to uh, do like Jesus says and say, pray for your daily bread. Let me show you on a daily basis that I can provide for you. Um, that Imagine where you would be in terms of your faith if, if on a daily basis God shows you that he can bring put bread on the ground every morning you know miraculously you start to develop a relationship with god at that point that it far exceeds anything that uh you can do while having that's why it's so hard for rich people because they don't ever have need for god in, in a lot of real ways and i think that in that that's one of the reasons why it's so benevolent sometimes for god to take away people's money or to make people desperately ill some terminal illnesses i have no doubt are a direct result of god's um, mercy on people because he's getting them to a place where they can finally hear uh, what he has to say to them because otherwise they wouldn't if he let them go on doing what they were doing they would be on a terrible path so god's economy is perfect in that regard and i guess that's all i wanted to say about that okay another thing i wanted to talk about was a kind of a play on something that a lot of people put out in the conspiracy youtube world which is um, Illuminati subliminal messages in movies and music and, and all these things. And I don't know, everybody's got their like 15 part series on YouTube about symbolism and, and you know, uh, the, the hidden meaning and all these things in music and movies. And while I guess some, you know, some of that stuff is true, obviously, and while it is interesting to a degree, the question I always ask is, is that really making anybody like turn to Satanism? I mean, is that really what what the the subliminal messages are out there doing, making people like become Satanists? And I don't know, maybe maybe it is, maybe a certain percentage of it is, but that's not really the thing. That's not really what the subliminal messages are. And I think the real subliminal messages in music and movies and TV we not only don't notice, but we embrace. And that, that I believe, is the real purpose for them. And I'm talking about immorality. 
I'm talking about it's teaching us to glory, to revel in sin. And we just don't even know it. Um, what about Romans 1, 32? Talking about uh, us, basically, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Well, if that doesn't describe you know, Netflix, then I don't know what does. Because have you ever, have you been to a blockbuster video or whatever lately and, and walked around there and like every cover of every movie is like, sin is awesome, sin is good, sin is very normal and you should do it and anybody that doesn't do it is dumb and look how, I mean, literally every everything that God hates and detests, it's promoting. I mean, it's just mocking God in all kinds of different ways. Lust, of course, is the easy one to 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 get. I mean, anything that is um, against God, bloodletting, murder, glorification, uh, you know, whatever. It's just all bad. There's kind of this this idea of sort of the good guy, bad guy, and it really. Always movies kind of keep that going. And the reason why I think they do that is because if they didn't do that, then it would be some fundamental problem with it. I don't think that we would buy it as accurate in some deep, you know, psychological way. I think they only do it that way because it doesn't work the other way where there's at least a good guy, even though the good guy, the protagonist is always um, still promoting some sort of awful thing. Um, even this, this is a good, good example with music, I think, because we're always talking about, you know, music, well, these people sold their soul to the devil. And yeah, hey, a lot of these guys did talk about selling their soul to, to the devil. I mean, the occult world of rock and roll, I mean, Zeppelin and the Stones and stuff like that. But, but if you think about it, let's say they did th sell their soul to the devil. What did the devil do with their music? Did he get everybody involved in the occult because of Zeppelin? I won't argue that there's a certain people that got involved in the occult. But I would argue with just their music alone, what did it do? It promotes uh, just every type of morality. You know, we get this idea that sex, drugs, and rock and roll. That's a really good example because that's what, you know, I was in a band, a rock and roll band. I know what that, that, that concept, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, in among bands, I mean, that's, that's the life that you live, you know. I mean, that is cool. Everything that is, but it, all that stuff is is an abomination. I mean, really, look at the names of some of the songs, you know, Zeppelin, um, Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, Dazed and Confused, I Can't Quit You, Baby, Whole Lot of Love, Lemon Song, Heartbreaker, The Stones, I mean, don't get me started on those guys. Um, can't Get No Satisfaction, Coming Down Again, Brown Sugar, Honky Tonk Women, Hot Stuff. Oh, I don't know, Let's Spend the Night Together, Start Me Up, Stoned, Sympathy for the Devil, that's a, that's a really uh, great one. But he, it's not so much that that they are talking about the devil or anything like that. It's just that it's a slow, slow decay of morality that we. I mean, think about today. I don't even know what the most popular songs of the of the decade are, but you know, like uh, the that Black Pea song that is so popular. You know, the uh, 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 I got a it's such a catchy song i hate that it's so catchy because it is such debauchery it's just it reminds me of like the that was the mindset that i had when i was just a total drunk and you know addicted to all kinds of drugs and partying all the time that was that was 
my mantra. You know, I got a feeling tonight's gonna be a good night. That's what I was thinking. And that's really all that these deals with the devils want you to do is to, they, they think about sex is a good example. I mean, if you believe music and movies and television, they have consistently taught us that unless you are, um, sexually immoral, then you are not good. That you're, there's something wrong with you if you are not sexually immoral. That's what we, that the, the subtle, subliminal messages that music and movies have taught us it's not that they're trying to get the world into the occult although i'm sure they'll take every opportunity that they can but if you listen to the classic rock stations that's just a consistent drumming into your head that immorality is good and morality is bad take hip-hop for example can you be any more explicit in the bible about the the jesus for example um materialism being uh, the complete opposite heart of god i mean couldn't be any more an abomination to the lord but yet materialism is is now a runaway train and it's all because of music you know there's all these things you know sold their soul to the devil in the rap music thing i mean there's a lot of that stuff out there i was actually surprised like man these people are talking about selling their soul to the to the devil and what did the devil really want to do he just wanted to make people materialists, really. I mean, he can do more with you being a materialist and thinking that's more important than he can with you being a, uh, you know, into the occult or whatever. He would rather just have you be um, bad. And, and you know, I think that movies and stuff like that do make us stumble in other ways, too. Obviously, if you're a guy, those really that does make you stumble. I, I was watching one the other day, and I was like, man, this is really difficult to watch um i haven't really watched a lot of movies lately i wouldn't watch a lot of old movies um i made a lot of my wife likes old movies so we had gotten a lot of old movies and so we've been watching that so it's not really a lot of super overt stuff like it is today but it's interesting that it's still there that the seeds of that was always still there. i always thought it was like hey everybody's good and we're all trying to be good people and all the stuff in the old movies but it's really not it, it seems like it's always been had that angle it's just there was only certain degrees that they could get away with it was always subtly trying to tell you to cheat on your wife to to not be faithful that sex is the most important thing and materialism and and being famous and you know doing what you want and your life is more important than anything else and and everything that is wrong and everything that is contrary to the Bible is is being taught in media, and so it's not so much that the that we need to run away from the uh, the occult symbolism. Well, that's bad, but really, there's only a minority of people that are going to be like, oh, uh, Jimmy Page like likes um, the occult stuff, and I like Jimmy Page, so let me go find out what Jimmy Page is into, then I'll also follow Crowley. I mean, it's not that's that's sure a lot of people did that, but not the majority of people. What what they can get most out of is, um, you know, some the just constant beating of uh, the classic rock station that has changed the world. So, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say about that. All right, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick is Ghost Hunters or these kinds of shows that are on TV. And I was at a friend's house this weekend, and they were watching that, and we told them, my wife and I, what our theory about what ghosts are and it started a bit of a, a, a discussion back and forth as, but as we watched this ghost hunters program it became pretty obvious that that's 
that that theory held some water, but basically it's that they are demonic spirits that now keep in mind, let me say this first, the ghost hunter stuff like that. There's a lot of trickery and stuff that goes on too. I mean, they're do it's a, it's a show that somebody's paying a lot of money for. So there are, I'm sure some setups and things like that that happen. No doubt in my mind that that occurs too, but the, actual phenomena is real and people do see hear ghosts and things like that these poltergeists and different thing incubus and succubus you know those things are dealt with pretty on a daily basis in terms of some of the people that i talk with on a daily basis people that are coming out of the occult that have been involved in witchcraft that have been involved in just new age stuff that are dealing with things like succubus and, and demons of all shapes and sizes that pretend to be all different things and the power and authority of Jesus Christ ends all that stuff. And these demons are absolutely uh, shattered by that authority. So, you know, I, I don't really have the luxury of, of when I hear like this show of them talking about, oh, succubus lives in this house. Just be, uh, based on this one guy's testimony that he gets messed with by succubus. You know, I mean, I, I don't think it's the house that's the problem. But nevertheless, sometimes it is. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Sometimes rooms can have demonic presence localized because let's say a room was was used for seances and things like that and seances of course are much similar to to anything else where you're inviting um spirits to show up a a theistic satanist looks at a seance and kind of chuckles because they recognize what's happening there they they recognize that these these beings that are telling people they're you know their relatives where all the wills are kept and what their last words were and you know these kind of things they recognize that the demons just are what the bible calls them familiar spirits but the the satanists also recognize that those demons are assigned and have been assigned to certain people so the demons kind of are networking they can call up the guy or the demon who had been assigned to your great great grandfather and find out not only what your grandfather said uh, in, a, in his speech to the so-and-so, but it could actually do it in his voice, you know? I mean, so a Satanist recruits sometimes from, from seance stuff, and they recognize that it's just demonic stuff, encouraging people to do what? To go further in, to do more, to, to open more doors, to ask more for spirits to show up, because ultimately that's all they care about is the human free will. That's what their angle is. And that's why watching these ghost hunter things is just so, oh man, it's so awful because it's just people giving uh, these demons their free will. Oh, please come here, talk to us. Oh, like, oh, don't do some of the stuff that they were doing in this one I was watching was just awful. They literally did a ritual. They had a witch come in. They did a satanic ritual. I, I, I still can't figure out why they had to do a satanic ritual to, if they were ghosts, you know, but um, nevertheless, that's what they did. And... Um, what I'm trying to say is that, like I said a million times, the Ouija board is just a method for you to give away your free will. It's for you to sit down and say, hey, um, would you guys please come talk to me? That's all they really needed. You know, all these occult initiation rituals like the Reiki attunement processes and all the stuff in high le higher level occult stuff is all just – they don't really need anything except for the first part of that, that ritual, which is calling upon your angels to come and indwell you, and that's that's all they needed. Um, a Satanist uh, just stands in front of a pentagram and don't even need the pentagram and just invites demons and demons listen. They get different ones of different powers and stuff like that. It's it's all about their free will is what I'm trying to say. So these these ghost hunter shows are just 
awful demonic reveling in this stuff is, is what's happening there and of course they're so happy to play along you know hey we're your dead grandmother and we you know whatever because they know that they're they're just opening up doors at the end of one of this this show that i was watching where the guy did the, the ritual and everything he he has a update the next morning of how this thing came to him in his dreams and you know started messing with him and, and i was like well what did you what did you think was going to happen but nevertheless um and that, and you could hear them talking during the whole thing like one guy was saying man you know these things have fallen us home and and all this stuff now and we shouldn't do this and and all this other guys like friend is trying to warn him not to be like all that doing what he's doing there or whatever but anyway long story short it would be a good movie to make to kind of be like look how what this is and because of the popularity of the shows and how people are just so entranced by it i think it could be a good evangelistic tool but i'm not the guy to do it i haven't really watched a lot of that shows i wouldn't even know which clips to watch through and i wouldn't even really particularly want to anyway but if that sounds like something that you might do i I certainly think it would be a good uh good thing to do and moving on oh yes i really am excited about this next thing this is going to be so good. I'm going to have so much uses for this when I talk with people that need, you know, new Christians or uh, thinking about being Christians or or have other issues and stuff like that. I'm going to be able to point them to this material. It's all free. It's so wonderful. It's it's Russ Dizdar's courses. Now Russ Dizdar is a it really has the gift of teaching. He is so good at it. But to really to really understand how good it is, you have to go through his courses because that's when he actually has an outline. He's going through it, you know, step by step, and he does a phenomenal job. That's his courses are what really um, discipled me about so many different things. I learned so much stuff, almost uh, all the stuff I know about, you know, intricate stuff about the occult world and stuff like that. I got from Russ Dizdar's courses. They were previously for sale. Um, the first one I bought was a hundred dollars. And later on, as I got to know Russ, he eventually gave me access to all the courses. So I listened to, I don't know. I mean, the average course he has is about 20 hours long. So I must've listened to hundreds of hours of Russ Dizdar's material and learned quite a bit about a lot of things, but now he has made them all free. And I can't express to you what a gift this is to people that want to know more about all kinds of subjects. For instance, he's got a course called um, Theocentric Counseling. Now, I had taken this this a few years ago when I first got, got it, when I first got them all for free. And I have recently gone to, as I've talked about with iTunes U, many different seminaries and, and found their their counseling, biblical counseling courses and taken many different courses lately on, on biblical counseling. And they all just pale in comparison to what I've learned with Russ Dizdar's Theocentric Counseling. If you are a counselor right now, if you are just sort of a lay counselor or, or somebody that is thinking about it, Russ Dizdar's Theocentric Counseling is a must-have. It's so... Uh, it's so refreshing to hear as opposed to so many of the other things. I'm going to put a link to all these because Russ's site is a little hard to navigate through. But if you are at Russ's site, there are they are all on the left side. Some of them are courses. Some of them are just links to audios. But they are the, they got pictures on them and they say what they are. But Theocentric Counseling is one. The first one I bought 
was uh, first what I wanted to know is I wanted to know have the course where he taught people how to like deliver people from demonic presence and stuff like that's what I wanted first but he recommended uh, another one first called I believe it's confronting the powers and so confronting the powers was the one that I took first it was about a 20-hour program it didn't really talk so much about what I he never really did get to like well what do you do I mean how do you get the demons out you know um so I remember, but I did learn so much. I needed to know all the stuff that I learned in there. Um, but the the one that he does all that stuff is called Freedom Encounters. And Freedom Encounters is also a, a pretty lengthy course, but it does describe all the details about that, especially um, helpful if you're dealing with people with multiple personalities or things like that. But also, just in general, people that are dealing with just demonic presence and, and uh, oppression or, or whatever it may be. Um, another great, uh, another great one is um, sexual decadence and the end of man. This is how I actually found that uh, these were available now. So I recommended this course to somebody, and and uh, they came back and said, "Hey, you know, Russ said they're all free." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, what a great thing!" Because this one, particularly sexual decadence and the end, end of man, is great if you have questions about sexuality or perhaps you've had um, you know abuse in your past or perhaps you um you know just anything and everything to do about the good the good side of sex sex is good it's a good thing it's meant to be good just really everything to do with that it's about a i can't remember maybe 10 or 12 or or more hour course he's got lots of them i'll just read some of them satanism 101 uh supernatural apologetics is a really long course just talks about a lot of different things in apologetics so if you're a new believer and have a lot of questions russell take you through that um Let's see. Dynamic Discipleship is another good one. Not quite as many courses on that one. There's one called Systematic Theology, and and I don't know. I can't seem to find that anywhere on his website. I mean, he's got a link to it, but the link doesn't go to the audios, so I don't have that one linked on the on my website where it'll have these. I might actually put these somewhere on the sidebar or whatever, but for now they'll be in the in the show notes of this particular show, which is two twenty three eleven. They'll be in there for sure. And um, so I'm not sure, but right now I don't have the systematic theology in there, but I would recommend that one too if you get a chance to. But you can look through some of these. How to Detect and Confront Luciferic Ritual Warfare, um, the one on the Antichrist, one he calls ESP or HSP, the Book of Daniel, um, and he's got several others. So, so check these out. I can't tell you how wonderful it is to have all these to recommend to you for free because it just will really, really boost your uh, understanding about stuff. Russ Dizdar, for me, was a guy that when I found him, it really helped a lot of the confusion that I had from the sort of conspiracy world help it all fall into place. He doesn't really try to to answer all your, you know, those lingering questions. He just does by, by just... In, just going through the teachings, you find things are like, oh, well, that's what that is. That actually makes sense. You know, all these sort of loose ends that you have from being deceived by Jordan Maxwell, Michael Tassari and David Icke and all those guys get tied up finally. And you start to hear about what the what that is. So really, really, I can't say how much uh, how important Russ's courses were in in the stuff that I know and talk about on a regular basis in my videos and stuff like that. So couldn't recommend that enough. Russ will actually again be at the conference coming up here, April first and second, at uh, Fort in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So we'll both be speaking there along with uh, some other speakers. If you want to know more about that, go to the Politics of Religion 
www.ftpmedia.com, where that conference website is, and find more about that. And then finally, just a quick show note or two in regards to what's going on with the projects that I'm doing. Doing a lot of stuff with the prophecy thing. The most research I've ever done for a project. And I also uh, excuse me, think it will be the best quality of a project that I've ever done. It's really grueling to sit down and, and do it. And I feel a little bad for not really producing much material in the interim. Um, I feel like I should just concentrate on doing this because it's taking so much time and it's taking so much effort. But I think that it will be worth it. Um, I do think that it's going to be a really helpful thing for, for prophecy in general, it's sort of an overview of prophecy. I know for me, you know, a lot of times people don't want to do prophecy because it is kind of hard. I mean, I thought I knew a lot about prophecy before this study, but I knew that if I really wanted to get after it, as it were, there was still a lot more that I haven't even touched. There's a lot of prophecy in a lot of the book, and I don't even, you know, I knew I was going to have to learn about everything, Old Testament, New Testament. So it was, and I'm not claiming that I did, don't get me wrong, it's, I think, literally impossible to do that. But to have enough of a grasp on it to teach it accurately was the goal. And so in order to do that, the the research has been pretty profound. And it's, it's definitely going to be the most research I've ever done on something. And like I said, I think the quality is going to be really good. So stay tuned for that. A few other show notes. Uh, David Icke finally hit 50,000 views. Really great, but still hoping for some break, breakthroughs there for more of that. So continue to pray for the David Icke movie. Pray for uh, this ministry in general. Um, and, you know, again, about churchophobia, a lot of people are kind of still scared about stepping out there and trying different churches. Remember that we are living in a time where you can try churches out before you go there. You can go to their website, you can read their statement of faith, you can listen to three or four sermons to see if, you know, it sounds like something you'd be cool with and just try it out. I mean, that's what churches are. are. They just, just visit them. You can just visit them and kind of get the flavor of what's going on. You don't have to commit to one. You can just hear what's going on there and know that, uh, that, there's never going to be a perfect church, but you should find one that you're comfortable with and that you like. And that will be something that will happen. You, you, you will know. It'll be like, wow, this is really cool. I think I like it here. You will like going to church um, if you find the right church. That's that's the main thing. So just continue to look. Remember, it's not like the old days where you just like had to just walk in and like hope it wasn't going to be crazy. Now you can totally test it out as much as possible with most of them um, by going to their website, checking it out, checking out the MP3s of their sermons and stuff like that. I do recommend finding one that goes verse by verse. That way you're making sure that you are uh, staying you know, in the Bible and grounded in the Bible and proclaiming the, the full counsel of God so it keeps them from going off track too much. So that's my personal recommendation, just staying with a verse-by-verse -verse Bible, sometimes called expositional teaching. So they might use that if you're doing a search for expositional or expositing. So summing up, remember about uh, the famines and the God's uh, promises for protection in that. Remember the stories of the Bible are all about people that trusted God despite what the circumstances looked like. Remember about the, the true nature of the subliminal messages in movies, music, and TV. And Russ's courses. Don't forget about that. Check that in the show notes. Also, don't forget about Gaz Parker and NewAgeDeception.net. If you have testimonies, he can definitely use them, whether you're writing them, recording them, whatever. Contact him at NewAgeDeception.net.